Well, it happened again the other day. Our family was taking a walk through the neighborhood, and our three-year-old daughter, one second, is walking beside me, and the other is running across the street without looking. She got a little lecture. It's just a reminder to me of consequences. You know, we're always trying to teach kids about consequences. And I think we never really stop learning. You know, I was thinking about you all being here this morning. All, all students, I would guess, at the beginning of the year, hear something about consequences from your teachers. If you don't do your homework, <laughs> or if you don't study for this test, then you hear about the consequences. Now, there's a positive side, too, to that learning. Some of you sophomores and juniors are becoming aware of what can happen when you do apply yourself to your homework and to your studies, that you have a better chance in getting into the college of your choice or the career of your choice. Well, the book of Acts today talks about the positive consequences, the good things that can happen when we make good choices and do good things. And so we're going to place under a microscope today four practices that this passage in Acts talks about, practices and necessary activities that will strengthen and enlarge the Christian community, whether it is this congregation, whether it is a school, or whether it is the global Christian church. Because Christianity is always one generation away from extinction, teaching is one of the important functions of the church. Worshiping together is uplifting. It's important, but it's not enough. As one pastor said to a parishioner who wanted to take issue with a sermon one Sunday morning after worship, He's, the, you know, the guy comes by, Pastor, I want to take issue with what you said this morning. And the pastor said, great. He said, the sermon is only the beginning. It's what comes after that's important. The conversation that happens, the, the disagreeing even, the openness in putting forth your views and hearing others' views and carrying those then into your life. We need, that's why we need Sunday school. That's why we need Bible study classes. That's why we need Christian friends that we can give and take with. Talk about our faith. Talk about our doubts. Explore who God is, who Jesus is. All this is a part of the teaching aspect of Christianity. Many years ago, a blacksmith was instructing a novice about how to make a horseshoe well. And the blacksmith said, I'll bring the shoe from the fire and lay it on this anvil. When I nod my head, you hit it with this hammer. And the, the apprentice did exactly as he was told, but he'll never hit a blacksmith again. <laughs> the student learned something, and the teacher learned something. Think for yourself about what aspect of Christianity you most would like to teach others. For me, it's that God makes a daily difference in my life. 
When God is not in my day, that is, when I haven't started the day with prayer, acknowledging God's presence and asking for God's guidance through the Holy Spirit, I am more agitated and I am more irritable. And my family can tell you about that. I'm not at peace on the inside and therefore I'm not at peace on the outside. When I am more open to God, when I've opened myself to God in the morning, prayed for God's presence and God's guidance, then it's sort of like all these beautiful spring flowers that we're seeing. You know, they start out closed and then they open. I'm more open to God's presence and also what God can do through me. What do you want to teach others about Christianity? Maybe for you it's the type of friend that Jesus can be when you're going through a difficult time. Maybe it's how he cared equally for every person he encountered and demands the same of us. Maybe it's how the ancient words in the Bible about new life continue to speak so powerfully to us today. We continue the teaching ministry of Jesus when we learn with others And then, like the disciples, we boldly teach. It matters. Now, I think the first practice is a little easier than the second. Because the second goes back to difficulties that we have had since we were little children. Sharing. Some of you will have heard the Greek word for fellowship, koinonia, That's the word that's used here. It can refer to spiritual communion. But one scholar, Luke Timothy Johnson, says that in this case, it refers to the sharing of material possessions that the author of Acts then talks about in Acts 45. In verse 45, we see how they shared all things in common. They shared all, all things in common common, that the community was radically sharing their possessions with each other proves the work of the Spirit at Pentecost, because sharing our possessions is not easy. It's not normal for us, but when the Holy Spirit is active in us, we find it easier. We even find that there's joy when we can share, when we can give. Associated Baptist Press this week reported that First Baptist Church in El Dorado, Texas, was involved in the aftermath of the raid on the Yearning for Zion Ranch. This church in El Dorado made their church facilities available to house between 70 and 80 women and children removed in the first wave of that raid. And they allowed state agencies to use their two 25-seat buses to transport more than 180 women and children from the compound to safe shelters. Baptists and other congregations provided food to these people in trauma. They served it, they provided it, and they served it. Sharing all things in common is what this church does when someone comes from the hospital or a family funeral and the casserole ministry team sets to work taking food to people who need a break from preparing it. It's finding out a church member no longer drives and offering him or her a ride. 
its blessing in sending a prayer shawl to carry our prayers in a tangible way. It's seeing a need and meeting it. That's sharing our possessions. Teaching, sharing our possessions. And the next practical aspect of the Christian community is breaking bread together. We have story after story after story in the New Testament about Jesus breaking bread with other people. Jesus is at the table. We know Jesus liked to eat. Well, isn't that a comfort? <laughs> Since we do too. He b- broke bread at Zacchaeus' house. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. It's almost April 15. A forgiven and thankful woman came and washed Jesus' dusty feet with her tears and her hair while Jesus was at table. One night after dinner, Jesus took a loaf of bread and he broke it before his disciples, showing them a symbol of his soon-to-be-broken body for them, for us. In Emmaus, Jesus was made known through the breaking of the bread, story after story. The table was a sacred place then, and it still is today. It's So perfect, our timing, to have a meal together after worship today. We get to break bread together. A fourth grade boy was at summer camp for the first time, and he sent his mom an email. Please send lots of food. All they they feed us here is breakfast, lunch, and dinner. (laughs) You know, we all like to eat, and he was willing to get some food in to share with his cabin mates. You know, when we eat together, we talk about things that we otherwise wouldn't talk about. We sit with people that we might not otherwise sit with. We learn about common concerns and experiences. We encourage each other. Like putting a rubber band around a stack of mail, we become a unit. And unit is one of our goals. Unity is one of our goals as Christians. So invite someone to your house for dinner. Doesn't have to be a church member. You can even invite somebody to the cafeteria for dinner. You strengthen the whole network of humankind when you become closer to one other person, Christian or not. And as we approach the anniversary of the tragedy of Virginia Tech, I think we can wonder aloud whether our attempts to reach out to people who are outcast would keep things from, like that from happening in the future. It's a simple thing. Eat together and you strengthen the church. So we have teaching, we have breaking the bread together. We have, I forgot the second one already. <laughs> Anybody else remember? Thank you, sharing. Here's the fourth one, the prayers, the prayers. Now, this was a good Jewish group of people here, the disciples, and they knew to say their prayers. They have blessings for everything through the day, and they devoted themselves to the prayers. At its basis, it's simply talking to God. It doesn't have to contain deep thoughts or eloquent words. A rabbi said to a precocious six-year-old boy, So your mother says your prayers for you each night. Very commendable. What does she say? The little boy replied, Thank God he's in bed. 
simple prayers are just fine. It might be thinking of somebody, picturing somebody in your mind and, and just saying a quick prayer. Oh, God, please be with whoever it is. It connects you with God. And you've heard, too, I'm sure that as long as there are tests, there will be prayer in schools. Now, if you're willing to go deeper than just these quick prayers throughout the day, which are not bad, prayer is meaningful when it is conversation and not just a monologue. When it involves both talking and listening, being open to God settling within your heart so that God can then guide your actions. Praying together is meaningful when it's before a meal. That helps, it, helps make it more sacred. It's important as we gather for worship. On Sundays, we lift up our thoughts together. And we trust that they have power because, like our possessions, they are shared. The writer of the book of Acts, we believe that that's Luke, gives us a yardstick today in this passage, a standard of measurement. When we look at our congregation, for example, when we look at our school, we, measure, we can measure how well we're doing in each of these four areas, and that will guide us into knowing how successful we are as a body of Christ. Where we're weakest, we need to focus and put some work. Where we're strong, we need to celebrate that and enjoy focusing on our strengths. So how do you see that taking shape for you in whatever Christian community you're involved Which one do you want to focus on? Teaching? Sharing? Eating? Praying? Anything you can do in any of these areas will have powerful consequences. It will help the church grow in amazing ways. Let's pray together. For the signs and wonders you have shown us, O God, we thank you for allowing us to be channels for your signs and wonders. We thank you. Open us to be bold and allow the Spirit to move through us for the sake of Jesus and for the sake of this world. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen.